Welcome to Chick Chat with Unapologetically Karen, the podcast for women by women. I'm Karen Webb, architect, author, entrepreneur, creative junkie, and your host. Chick Chat is your resource for building your big, bold, and beautiful feminine life. So join me for some eye-opening and jaw-dropping dialogue that has people talking. Our guest today is Kelly Sabraki. She's a graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy, active duty human resources officer, a four-time Miss Congeniality winner, former runner-up Miss California USA, model, speaker, and podcast host. She has an audience of over 100,000 on social media, where she speaks of her platform, hashtag do both, encouraging women to embrace their individuality in and out of uniform. Her podcast, called Misunderstood, has over 60,000 listens worldwide. She's a dog mom and a newlywed and a lover of black coffee. So happy to have you here. Hi. Thank you so much. Hi. So I'm, hi. I'm thinking you're a lover of black coffee for doing all those things in yes. one person. <laughs> yes. You have to have the coffee. That's, That's key. That's right. Perfect. Um, so let's dive in a little bit. I love how... What I noticed immediately, I I follow you on Instagram, and what I noticed immediately is that you are the embodiment of what I preach all the time, which is we can be tough, badass, strong women and still be soft and feminine. Yes. Um, So tell me a little bit about that before we kind of get into the rest of your background. Yes. You know, I love, I love starting there because I really did not even know this was something that needed to be celebrated until I became an adult and and found out that it was so unique. Um, You know, I've always just been ultra feminine, really girly since I was a kid. And my mom encouraged me even on track in high school, like, hey, wear your makeup if you want to, do your hair if you want to, like, you know, be a girly girl. And I was like, yeah. So I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when I, and that was a source of confidence for me, it, at fashion and makeup and, you know, feeling put together was always a source of confidence since I, since I was a teen. And so when I went to the Naval Academy, during our like version of boot camp, it's called Pleep Summer at the Naval Academy, and you're not wearing makeup and you're sweaty and you're in uniform and you're you know doing push-ups and getting yelled at. Yeah, well, <laughs> good times, good times. Yeah, um, but within that first week, I had reported to the Naval Academy. We were pulled aside. All the ladies were pulled aside and kind of given some different tips and tricks and mentoring. But one of the notes was like, don't don't wear makeup. Don't even think really? about it. Yeah, like this is, you know, you want to blend in, you don't, you know, you you won't be taken seriously, you know, that sort of thing. And I remember sitting there as a 17-year-old being like, why? Like, why? You know, I just was so confused. And even in that moment, I was like, well, that doesn't apply to me because I'm going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to do it anyways. And refused to believe that that was something that I had to eliminate from part of my identity in order to succeed as a military officer. And it continued, you know, it, it only got harder and harder. My platform got bigger and bigger because I decided to pursue Miss USA. 
And those early stages of staying true to who I am were really challenged then. There's never been a naval officer to make it to Miss USA or right. win. Yeah. I mean, that is a huge dichotomy just right there. I mean, exactly. I don't know of anybody else that has. And you've got like probably the two extremes, right? Like the pageant stuff is very much about being a woman, feminine, et right. cetera. And an officer in the military, total opposite. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so you had, I had a lot of people who disagreed with my participation in that, but it was the same sort of thing. And that's what, what really burst my platform of do both because I was like, I am, I am succeeding as a naval officer. I, I know that I care about my sailors. I am learning, I'm growing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also am a woman and um, you know, I can stand on stage in a ball gown and heels and be a good speaker and public servant. And I don't think that those are mutually exclusive. So since I have continued to extend my platform, do both to not just military women, but all women who feel like they're fighting that stereotype. Absolutely. That's a, that's a great way to put it. I completely can relate because I'm certainly not in the military, but having been an architect for 30 years, it is still wow. such a male dominated industry. I mm-hmm. mean, you'd be surprised only 17% of all architects are women, which wow. is crazy. So I understand. Can you give me, like, give us a little bit of an idea, like how did your classmates take the fact that you were a woman? Were there many other women in your group? How did they, and then how did, you know, the people above you in the military? Sounds like they were more, you know, um, they questioned if you should be the way you are, but how did your classmates deal with it? Yeah, I think, I think just in general, being a woman in the military isn't a new concept. Um, Certainly women in the 90s, faced very different challenges, you know, being the first to report to combatant ships and, mm-hmm. um, you know, really trying to mer- bridge that gap and, and find their place. I didn't have to experience those things, luckily. There's about, I think, 20% of the Academy is female now, wow. maybe more, maybe it's grown to 30% since I left. So it's, it's not a foreign concept, but I do feel like being in such a male-dominated field, you're going to end up fighting that stigma and kind of breaking those stereotypes because people have an idea of what it it looks like and what you should act like if you were in the military. And I, I just don't think that that's the mindset we should be having. I think that we should be celebrating the diversity and different personalities and different backgrounds of, of all of our military members. And like, that's, it's only going to make us better. So I still, I think less, less of being a female, more of my outside passions and my personality and kind of my individuality is what has continued to be an area of pushback Um, and like fighting, fighting kind of that with both peers and seniors. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's very interesting. And I did see, actually, I heard on your podcast, you were talking to your friend, I think Jackie. Um, Yeah. yeah. My roommate from the Naval Academy. Mm -hmm. Oh, was she? Okay, great. So she's still involved in the military as well. Yes. Yes. Marine Corps officer. Wow. Interesting. And, um, what made you first even think about the Navy? Really, it was not on my radar whatsoever. 
I aspired to be Jennifer Garner, 13 going on 30, big time <laughs> magazine editor in New York City. Like yes. I had his vision for myself wearing cute business outfits and all of that to work. But again, because I, I never saw anyone who looked like me in the military, to be, to be frank, anyone who right. acted like me, anyone who shared the same interests and, and passions as me. I watched my dad put on a uniform every single day, but I hadn't been really exposed to women. So when it came time for me to apply to colleges, my dad encouraged me to apply to the Naval Academy, and I just didn't even like consider it as a real option for me. Oh, interesting. Um, and the process honestly takes about a year to get your application together for the Naval Academy. Okay. So he was, you know, a little bit of a genius on the side. My parents, you know, nudged me along through the process to submit my application. But by the time I submitted it, I wasn't sold on it. And it wasn't until I toured the Naval Academy and I saw how different the midshipmen were and I realized the impact I could make through service that mm -hmm. I started thinking of it seriously as an option for me. And when I got my acceptance, I had already decided that that would be something I wanted to pursue. So really it was for me about making the decision, what would I look back in my life and not regret? What would I look back and wonder like, what if I joined right. the Navy? What if I had been a Naval officer? Um, I didn't, I had no idea what that looked like, but I knew it would make me better and it would challenge me and there wouldn't be anything negative that would come from that kind of experience. And it would make me very unique amongst yes. my civilian peers. So it's kind of why yeah. I got my foot in the door. It sounds like you like the challenge. Yeah. And mm -hmm. didn't kind of, you know, cower from that, but really kind of embraced it, which I love, um, that kind of go getter attitude, you know, which really is when, when you go for something like that, that's when you can have the biggest impact. And I think you certainly are. I, I didn't even catch you, you um, were uh, hosting for the Super Bowl or you mm -hmm. were, right? That was fantastic too. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. How was that to be in, in another really um, male dominated field? Yeah, this is a great, great question. And I haven't, I just, I haven't spoken about it really um, yet. So a bit of a loaded question. I was so honored that the Navy, Navy recruiting sent me to do social media content while at the Super Bowl. Not the football game itself, but all okay. the events leading up to the Super Bowl. A lot of Navy involvement. There was the first female, all-female flyover. Yes. Um, we had a Super Bowl experience. We had, you know, involvement at high schools and middle schools. And so I went out there to kind of provide that that coverage and, um, you know, again, post about it on social media through my platform, which was great. So I just, you know, through my social media platform, I want to inspire, impact, and reach as many people as I can and uplift them with, you know, positivity and, um, you know, maybe it's not even the Navy that they're, they're considering, but it's, they see me and they see someone who is charging forward at life and doing it all and that they can do it too. Um, Absolutely. so with That's, that, yeah. it's a great you know, motto. like it'd be just seeing me at the Super Bowl, like I'm just a normal 30 year old <laughs> who's in the Navy and happens to do social media on the side and got an opportunity like that. So it was incredible. Um, but you know, 
a huge amount of backlash that I did not expect. Did you really? How so, so much. I'm so surprised. I, yeah, I was really just not expecting it either. Um, by the time I saw so my flight landed before kickoff even hap- happened on okay. Sunday. And I'm in my apartment and I start getting, and it's so funny, um, Karen, every single time I know someone's posting a meme about me or writing an article about me, or Mm -hmm. there's something like negative on the internet, I start getting text messages like, Hey, are you okay? And it's always from like random, random people that I don't talk to all the time. You know, it's not my best friends that are like checking in. So I know something's happening when that, when that starts happening. So I started getting Sunday evening, they're like, Hey, are you okay? Texts. And I turned to my husband. I was like, oh, God, someone's posting about me on the Internet. Oh, crap. Um, <laughs> yeah. But this time it was a lot, a lot of really? people. And on very high profile blogs and large, large Facebook groups. And people were very upset that I went there, not understanding what I do, what my full time job is, and how I utilize social media. Um, so I think the perception was. I'm a full-time Navy influencer who's just on Instagram making reels and I don't have a real job. And then the Navy <sighs> is spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to send me to the Super Bowl instead of helping out, you know, the Navy with critical issues. And wow. it's just laughable because I'm like, I, I have a full-time job just like you. I do this on the side. Um, you know, when you spend your time binge Netflix, I'm I'm doing social media. Exactly. That's my passion. Yep. You're hustling and your stuff, yeah. Exactly. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to make a difference in a way that is different and unique. And, um, I'm sorry that you don't get that. And so it's been, it's been interesting, but you know, in those situations, like you can't listen to the noise mm-hmm. to focus on those who support you. And, I'm determined, I'm determined to continue my platform because just because there's not many military officers that are Podcast hosts or social media influencers doesn't mean it has to stop or it, it right. can't be a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Because there is no reason it needs to be, you know, mutually exclusive. There's no reason Correct. you can't do both. Um, exactly. I'm so shocked that it was that there was even backlash. Wow. You know, but yeah. some people just aren't. They don't see the big picture, and yeah. you know, and they're quick to just pass judgment. Um, tell me a little. So, what is it that like? What is your typical day like in the Navy? Oh, my word. Um, So I don't actually, out of everything that I share on social media, I don't share my day-to-day. And it's really out of, really, first, like, personal privacy and security. Absolutely. Um, You Mm -hmm. know, being in the Navy. Uh, But also, I work in what is called a flag aid for an admiral. So every admiral has a lieutenant typically uh-huh. assigned to them. And the way I like to describe it to my civilian friends who don't know anything <laughs> about the Navy, I say, imagine the movie Devil Wears Prada, except in uniforms and not with cute clothes. Um, <laughs> you had to do everything for them. That everything. Yeah. That is oh your gosh. that is your life is to help your, your boss out. So I have a terrific boss and she is not mean to me, but my <laughs> whole good. life revolves around assisting her with whatever she needs. Right. Um, she's and a so very that's important like person. Every day for you, pretty much like every, every day, normal job times, right? Every day. Oh, right. it is. So 
you know, for example, yesterday we had a podcast recording scheduled and my life yes. is it revolves around her. So I don't always know what time I'm going to get home. And I got home at about 7.30 last night, oh which is pretty goodness. normal for me. Yeah. Um, but again, that's not... That's not what people see. They don't see right. my day-to-day. They don't see me right. running around and working with senior officers and working with sailors and doing what I need to do for my boss. But I also, that's, there are some elements that I don't, I choose not to share on social media because course, yeah. I'm still a military officer with a job to do. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And it's not, you know, a frivolous job. It's a serious job and, and not everybody needs to know about it. But it is nice to know that, or at least for us to share with, with listeners today that, you know, you do this on top of a normal job. Mm-hmm. It is not just, you know, that you're choosing to do this and influence and just kind of um, not work full time. So right. it's like, it's, it's very impressive. And a and lot of people don't get that. Okay, And quick shout out to full-time influencers. I get it. I get why this is a full-time job. Um, The demands of my followers, as much as I love them, I love my audience, but holy cow, they'll be like, hey, Kelly, like we haven't seen an Instagram story in a while. (laughs) What what are you up to? Or hey, Kelly, like can you please tell us more about XYZ? Hey, Kelly, can you share tips on this? Hey, Kelly, we'd love to know more about this. And I'm like, this is all so amazing, but it on average, I'm going to blow your mind. On average, it takes about two hours hours to curate a post for social media. Wow. Two hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now it takes yes. a long time. Absolutely. And they don't know that. And sometimes longer, depending on what the post is or the reel is or the video is. So I do that every day on my train ride. I have an hour oh, really? into work. I have an hour back home and I do it every day on my oh, train there ride. there you go. That's a smart yep. way to do it. So, so yeah. L- let me ask you this. So on to some other thoughts here. Um, so I've been let's see, I, I've been married, divorced, et cetera, married again um, to the love of my life. And I know Aww. you recently, yes, and you recently got married. Um, yeah, mine is a Marine. And it's interesting because I had to learn um, that for the longest time I was making the mistake of choosing men that I that were how do I put it? it, In some regard, they were weaker than me. And I thought that's Mm -hmm. good because it lets me be in control of my life. I don't want anyone controlling me. And, but I had to learn that that's, that's not what strong women really need. Mm -hmm. Um, so tell me your experience with that and, and how it relates to your husband, kind of that relationship. I love this question because no one has ever asked me this. (laughs) So, I completely understand this journey of you are a strong, independent, powerful woman. Mm-hmm. How do you find the right partner? Yes. So I think for a long time, exactly. Like I'm very A-type, so I thought I needed someone to be like bigger, badder, stronger, more A-type than me. Like that's kind of like what I sought after and it kept not working. And I think a big part of that was they they were truly intimidated by my yes. drive and mm-hmm. my determination. And that's ultimately like why these relationships kept ending because either they felt threatened or they couldn't handle it. Like it's, very they, it's yep. always very exciting. They're like, wow, like you're so driven and intelligent and smart. And like, that's so sexy. And then when you finally really get into the relationship, it's like, oh, but I need you to like calm down a little bit. It's like a little <laughs> bit too much. Like you're kind of over overshadowing my successes, right? Yes, yes. And so then for a while in my 20s, I reverted to the opposite. 
I was like, okay, I need to find someone who's a little bit very outgoing. I need someone who's quiet and, right. you know, more low key. And, you know, that's, that's a good balance, right? It's a good balance. And then what happened there was I kept having to explain myself. Kelly, why do you do so much? Kelly, why do you work oh, so hard? I see. Right, right, why, right. Because they why, didn't get why are you it. always so busy? Kelly, why do you have to talk to every single person at the bar? I don't understand. <laughs> like, why are you know, why do you always have a book social calendar? And it was exhausting explaining myself. So then I prayed and mm-hmm. I reflected and I said, you know what? I truly feel like I'm gonna end up having to find someone who is also driven, dedicated, hardworking, but also gregarious and social, um, who gets like, just gets it, you know, Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. but overall supportive instead of this constant, like challenging and like competitive energy or whatever, like just genuinely like accepts me and supports me. And then I met Austin and he is so, he, he is, we, we, our parents say we're like the the male and female versions of each other, like really? we're like that's identical, great. the identical mm-hmm. human. But the one quality that's different is he is a very like very chill person, very relaxed. He's Italian, doesn't get really upset about much. Um, oh, that's except nice. <laughs> he is obviously very focused and driven in his personal his professional career, right? But he's extremely. Yeah. I think extremely, that makes a huge difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, extreme, but he's also extremely social and gregarious. So he gets that aspect of me, but when it comes to the military and my passions, he's supportive period. That's, right. That's great. Right. So I, you supportive. know, it's interesting because, uh, recently I had interviewed, um, someone who was a, uh, she was, um, a secret service person and oh, wow. officer. Yeah. And I, I and she was just one badass. I mean, she was awesome, but I, I had to ask her because, and I, and she'd written a book and, and I had in there, it stated that, you know, she was married. And I thought, who do you marry when you are that tough? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you, and it was interesting. Her answer was, um, a military guy, (laughs) but, um, but it, it had me realize, I mean, I've always believed that, that, you know, strong women think that they cannot, um, find a partner that is as strong because most strong women are type A and they want to have their life kind of in their hands and their own control. And I think we fear that a strong person, you know, will take that away from us. But mm-hmm. you're absolutely right in that um, they need to have that strength so that they aren't intimidated by mm-hmm. whatever we're going after. So I'm thrilled mm-hmm. to hear that. That's great. And you recently got married, right? Yes. Yes. Last year. So we're coming up on our one year anniversary. Nice. Um, but he, I mean, we kind of joke. Everyone's like, oh, like, do you feel different? No. From the moment we started dating, I had orders to, so we I, we met in Ohio. I had orders to Los Angeles, and it was like a ticking time bomb. Like, we both knew I was moving. So he wow. just kind of dove headfirst into this Navy lifestyle and has followed me twice to different duty stations, and we just made decisions as a partnership, you know. And so getting married didn't change any of that because we've been doing it all along. Um, we've always been putting our relationship first and figuring things out as a team. Mm-hmm. So uh, now I just have a different last name that no one can pronounce. But other than that, you know, it feels pretty much the same. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, it does. I, I 
completely. And it should in a way, you know, it should be just a continuation of the relationship, not like some new whole new direction it's going in. Right. It just has more certainty and more security to it and yeah. kind of a strong foundation. Right. Um, so what is your what are your thoughts and plans for your future? Like what are you thinking? Have you guys talked about how will it work when you have kids? How do you see yourself in that whole thing? Are you even wanting to be a mom or Oh, I definitely want to be a mom. We definitely want to have a family. Um, you know, we are really just assessing life. Yeah. We it used to be like one year at a time. It's not even that. It's like a quarter at a time. Like a quarter. <laughs> like months at everything a time. changes so rapidly. And, you know, when I got sent to Chicago, it was uh, from the time I got the phone call, it was six weeks later we were living in Chicago from oh, Los wow. Angeles. Like life just happens so quickly. And, we have learned fast. Anytime we try to plan at all, it doesn't work. And so we just are, we stay flexible and open and really try to live in the moment. And, um, yeah. And then obviously be smart preparing for your, your long-term life. Um, but at, we don't know. I mean, we don't even know. Yeah. Will we be in Chicago next year? Right. I exactly. don't know. My orders say that I will be, but the Navy loves to surprise us. Surprise and, you, yes. <laughs> you know, it just, I'd love to be a mom, but maybe God has that planned a couple years down the road. Like, I don't know. So in the meantime, we just truly take it like every three months and then yeah. assess. That's great. Are we happy? Are we doing good? What do we want to save for? What do we want to work on? Um, and then kind of see what happens from there. That makes sense. Um, and tell me, how did you get, where do you think your kind of strong drive, I, w- I want to even say it's not even the drive, it's the resilience, you know, because you do place yourself in the spotlight. And, and like you said, there was backlash with the Super Bowl thing or or even, you know, in the, in the, uh, the pageantry stuff. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's pretty out there. And a lot of people would be like, oh, my God, I'm not doing that. I'm not getting up in front of people. This is way too much. And there's a lot of um, vulnerability. And, you know, a lot of hurt can happen from that if you're really hoping and it doesn't turn out. What? How do you think you got that kind of resilience that most people I don't think would have? I think my resilience really comes from my faith. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, I, you know, I'm, I'm a God girl. I believe in God. And I grew up facing small chapters of resilience. You know, um, my parents really encouraged me to try new things. I failed a lot. I succeeded too. But every time I failed, they were like, oh, this road's not over. It's just, you're just shifting to another road. There's a different path. There's another door. Right. I was exactly. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. So every single time I thought, I had failed there. My mindset was like, Oh no, this is, this is a learning lesson. And so that's really how I approach my life. I dive into all of these different areas and kind of see what happens. Um, but I think a lot of it centers in intention and my intention coming into the Navy and being an officer was to lead, to make an impact and make a difference period. My career has not been anything like I imagined. And <laughs> through that, you know, I worked in recruiting for f- almost four years. And again, wanting to do the best job I could, I realized that social media was the best way to reach people and talk to them about the Navy. So right, absolutely. with that, and then my, my start in pageantry, two things 
really opened my eyes. A lot of people don't know about the Navy, but then also a lot of people were truly inspired by the fact that I just did a pageant. And I was like, this is super normal. Like, I don't understand why Isn't that, it's no, not. I, I would see how it is inspiring because like I said, not everybody is going to feel comfortable to do that. And so when you put yourself so out there, when you take that step and really get in mm-hmm. front of everybody, it's, it's, it's admirable. It really is. Um, and it, it just shows a ton of confidence or, you know, you're gutsy. And I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And I just think that, you know, it's rooted, my intention through all of this has been, you know, initially when I did a pageant, it was to make friends. I moved to Ohio and I wanted to make really? friends. Really? Interesting. Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't even plan to tell the Navy about it. And then... Oh, okay, Kelly, I, I could just go to a bar probably and make friends. I'm just going to yeah, say. I was like, I'm going to do a pageant. There's like 50 oh women God. who are super motivated. Let's let's connect with them. That's awesome. Um, yeah. But, yeah, and then, again, like, the response, the response has been positive. I mean, yeah, there's naysayers, but like 80% of the time it's positive, which is why I keep going Mm -hmm. and people find value in it. And I'm like, wow, like why this is helping people. Like people are, you know, finding a mentor either from me or through me, or they're feeling inspired to do a pageant themselves or open a start a business or challenge themselves in some way, or they just need a little bit of positivity coming across their screen. Um, right. And so it kind of just happened by mistake. I didn't That's come into the Navy to be an influencer. I came right. to the Navy to be an officer. I just so happened to have a knack for social media and, you know, photography and videography. So I think leaders need to remember it's not necessarily the avenue or the way in which you're leading. It's the fact that you are leading. That's and a great way to say it. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Just because it's mm-hmm. different than the person next to you doesn't make it wrong. It's just how you're choosing to do so. So even now, you know, if I can sitting from my couch, I can post and it reaches 20,000 people in that's 24 great. hours. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's a opportunity. Oh, that is a, a, a wonderful, wonderful opportunity and platform to have. I'm going to take it and it's going to be yeah. positive and I'm going to do my best to, to be a representative for the Navy, but like, I'm not going to waste that opportunity. And so that's kind of how I just stay positive through it all. Right. Because you don't fit the molds that they think you should, but you know, it's, you're sort of creating your own and that's, um, and right. that's, what's most inspiring is like, you don't quite fit a mold for either of those things for the pageantry for you know the navy you are definitely in a lane by yourself and it's 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 awesome um thanks yeah it really really is and then tell tell us a little bit i know you do um social media but you also have your podcast and you are getting into your season four i hear is that right yeah season four which is crazy so anybody can hop onto either iTunes or Spotify and find you um, with Misunderstood is the name of yes. it. Tell us a little bit, and I have listened to it, but share with, with the listeners kind of what what you like to, you know, guests that you like to have or topics you like to cover. Yeah, so I obviously am a multi-passionate person, so I wanted it to be kind of like a multi-passionate podcast mm-hmm. where I could go on there and talk about whatever is is, is on my heart, but the branding really came from me not having ever won a Miss USA title. I got close. I was runner up, but I was right. never a Miss California USA or Miss Ohio USA. I didn't win, but I am truly the queen of being misunderstood. I just <laughs> I like constantly like, 
you know, and it's fine. Like, I think there's a lot of, there really is a lot of benefit to being misunderstood because you just have this drive to keep going and you know your your heart and your intention. But so on my podcast, I really dive into all things misunderstood. People, topics, concepts. Love it. That's um, a great really a how-to, but it's personal development. So if I can kind of their listeners are navigating through life with me. Like we're figuring this thing out and every season has been a reflection of kind of where I'm at in my life. Oh, nice. Nice. And now I, I know you've got that, you know, positivity and, um, fresh outlook. Are there times you just come home and this, the tears hit and you're like, Oh my God, I can't take this anymore. Oh my word. Last Wednesday. I came okay, home good. I like, you gotta yes, be like the rest yes. of us, right? <laughs> I know yeah. I, I, it comes in waves. I'd say, you know, I just told my husband, like, you know, last November work was hard, social life, hard, personal life, hard, whatever. And I, I don't see my husband that often. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I see him enough to, to go to bed with him, which is great. Like a lot of service members don't have that, but, um, yeah, it, it piles on. And then on top of that, have to get my MBA for the Navy. And so your girl is just really, really like throwing that (laughs) on top of it. Like that was the cherry on top just for, for the tears. So, um, Anyways, yeah, that's a I, lot of pressure, all of it's that. It's a lot, yeah. Yeah. you know, coming home at 7.30 and starting to do schoolwork, but... Oh, right. Um, anyways, yeah, I had a breakdown in November, and then I, like, made it, and I was like, wow, I'm really doing great now. Like, this is awesome. And then last week, you know, work's hard, personal life's hard, mm-hmm. <laughs> everything's hard, school's hard, and I started breaking down, and my husband came out into the living room, it was 9 p.m., I was writing an econ paper, and I just look up and I start, the tears come. I'm like, I can't do it. I literally can't do it. And he's like, yes, you can. Like, oh, that's it. awesome. Yeah. So yes, very much a human. Well, that's good. It's good to hear because I'm sure some people are like, there's no way I would break, I would fall apart with this. But you know, you can still get up and keep going and try again and yes. um, and have more black coffee. <laughs> yeah, have more black coffee. And I think my... One of my superpowers is removing anything that does not bring me joy. Nice. Okay. Removing, to be, to be blunt, like removing people, removing freaking Hmm. dirty laundry in the room, removing (laughs) tasks, removing, you know, a thing, anything I can control Mm -hmm. that's not bringing me joy, I remove it. Because there's a lot of things in life that you can't control. And it's going to come and it's going to hit you in the face. Um, yep. Like my MBA, I have to do it. But, right, right. Um, you know, my podcast brings me joy and I will do it as long as it brings me joy. And I've taken steps away from it if I was too stressed. Social media brings me joy. It is an outlet for me. Um, it is a source of creativity for me. And I show up as long as it brings me joy. So anytime I feel like, oh, no, no, I have to post. I have to post. I'm stressed. Right. I'm like, wait a second. I don't have to do that. Like that's a, that's a I can great step yeah. away. Mm-hmm. So that's really kind of how I try to navigate all of this, all of the passions. Right. Because it does, um, you can't do it all at your, once. No, you can't. And it puts a lot of it in your control, which is a great feeling while you're feeling mm-hmm. like overwhelmed and everything's kind of spinning out of your control to go, okay, I'm going to cut this part out or these people out or this you know, or the dirty laundry sitting in the room, um, because I want right. to clear my head, clear my life, clear my space, whatever it mm-hmm. is. And yeah, there is some peace to that. 
Right. Um, absolutely. Well, I, I first want to just thank you for your service. I mean, the fact that you, you are doing this, there's a lot of us that, you know, don't jump into the military, are afraid to do that, but yet we are so um, appreciative. And uh, I, I definitely, yes. So I wanted to at least mention that to you. Um, and then I'm hoping people now, if they want to reach out to you on Instagram, um, why don't yeah. you share your, what's your profile there? What's your Yes, oh. yes. Definitely Instagram yeah. is the best way to find okay. me. I do check my messages every single day and try to respond. Um, and it's just uh, under sh- Kelly Sabraki, isn't it? Yep, just Kelly.Sabraki, just my name, S-B-R-O-C-C-H-I. I'm glad you me. spelled it for everybody because mm-hmm. <laughs> they'd be looking up all kinds of stuff. Um, great. So they can do that. And they can also, I'm hoping they're just going to jump onto your um podcast season four soon for misunderstood it should be out the same week that this one comes out i believe so um which is kind of nice because next week is international women's um it is well we'll be it'll be today as people will hear this it'll be that day and that's that's something to celebrate so especially that you're such a good uh phenomenal role model for that so i have loved first let me ask you what kind of dog mom what kind of dog Oh my gosh, he is a Cavapoo. He's oh, a King Cavalier um, miniature poodle mix. And he's nine pounds and his name is Dale. Dale. And he's oh the best. Cute. Yeah, cute, he's cute, our cute. little nugget. We, I love dogs. We have two. Um, <laughs> oh. Yes, and they're like, you know, they're like your life. It just, yeah, they are. The best. The best. The best. Absolutely. Uh, wonderful. So it's been so nice to talk to you. I really Thank appreciate you. your time. And thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Keep inspiring and encouraging women. We all need to, you know, just continue to uplift and support each other. So I really appreciate you supporting me and and doing what you do. Well, thank you, Kelly. I'm going to close with that. And hopefully everybody's going to continue to connect with you. And we will talk soon. Thanks. Thanks Thanks so so much. much. Okay. 